back. Welcome back. It's so good to have everybody in service this morning, every one of you. Everybody is important to God and to His plan. And so glad that you're here this morning. We're going to jump right into our message. Our message this morning is called Do Something. You ever heard that phrase before? Parents, you probably told your children that, you know, when you, there's a lot of things to do. And they're like, but what do I do, Mom? Do something. You know, don't just sit there. Get up. Go do something. There's, gotta, there's something that you can be doing. You know, you see that in, in the movies uh, where there's a, a, something bad's happening, you know, and, and the person's trying to, to save somebody else's life. And what does the other person next to him yell while the person's trying to do it? Will you do something? Save them. Do something. So we hear that terminology a lot. Do something. You may want to tell your boss that once in a while. Man, would you just do something? All you're doing is sitting around doing nothing, but you don't say it. You know, you don't say that, right? No, I'm just kidding. You all like your bosses. They're all the, they're all the best in the world, right? Well, we're, we're talking about doing something this morning. In the church, we need to do something. And we need to do more than something, but I want to just talk to you about let's do something in the church. See, we're in a, we're in a society of the day today that says, I don't need to do something. People need to do something for me. That's our society. Do something for me. What can I, what can I get from you? What can, what can you give me? You know, whether, whether it's politics where all the politicians, well, what are you going to give? What are you going to do for me? Do something for me. Do something for me. We, we see at, at jobs today, you know, do something for me. I, 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 it's not about me working for you and doing a great job. It's you do something for me. And we've seen this crossover into the church where the church is about do something for me. They come in, do something for me. People get mad because the preacher doesn't say something right or doesn't, doesn't visit them at the right time, you know, those kind of, th- <coughs> those kind of things. And you go, no, but what, what, they're not, I'm not getting my needs fulfilled. You're not doing something for me. But I want to say that the, that the Scripture tells us not to be that way. It says instead for us individuals to do something. And so the first thing that I want to talk to you about this morning, church, is do something, go to the lost. Go to the lost. That's our first point this morning. Go to the lost. Notice go is action. Go is not sitting. Go is action. In, in, in our scripture this morning, we're going to be reading out of a few scriptures here, but Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Look what he says here. Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So the first thing he said is go. Why does this make disciples? Because they're not saved yet. They're lost. means they're not believers in Christ yet. Go and make disciples. You know, the... the a lot of a lot of a lot of our American Christianity today is geared about how many people can we get to come, not how many people we can get to go. That's not a cool thing. It's not a cool thing for the preacher to say, "Hey, let's sit around, let's have a meeting, and find out how we could get people to go." Instead, we sit around and find have meetings about how can we get people to come. You know, we have we have multiple ministries in our church right now. Some of them involve being in the church. Some of them, like our prayer walk once a month, involves being outside the church and going. You know, people say, well, how, how, does, how do I get people to come to church? Well, the first thing is you don't just come to church and sit and do nothing. You go to them. Where are those people? 
Those people are at work, right? Those people are at work. Those people are at Walmart. Those people are, are your neighbor. But are you going to them? Or are you saying, you know what? Maybe I, you know, the, the, the default now, the default is, if, well, I'll get them to come to church. I'll get them to come to church, and then the preacher can talk to them, and then maybe they'll make a decision for Christ. So that's easy. It's simple. We talked a little bit about that this morning, how difficult it can be for us to confront people. It's a cancel culture. It's truth does not exist unless the truth is what I want it to be. And so when you begin to, when you begin to talk to somebody about something that's, that's a little bit not politically correct or not correct in their worldview, they begin to get aggravated or angry. And so we get a little concerned. Should we say anything? Should we do anything? And like I was talking about in our, in our class this morning, sometimes it's just asking a question of that person. It's just asking, what do you believe? What do you think about this? Let them begin to tell you so that you can have an opportunity to speak to them. I believe that the Lord is going to do amazing things if we'll first take, take a step. If we just will take a step. You know, it was, was it Neil Armstrong that stepped out of, out of the spaceship? It says, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It's the same way in the Christian community and in our churches. Sometimes it's just one small step. I've said this before. The person who went and was the person who stepped forward to, to go to Billy Graham, they reached millions of people. Wouldn't it be exciting if you're the next person to speak to the next Billy Graham? Or you can name whatever person's out there. You, maybe you're that person that gets to speak to them, that gets to go to them, that gets to go to them. And what are you supposed to do? Our second thing, I've made this very simple this morning. Share the good news. Go, do something, share the good news of salvation. That's our second one. I don't know if I've got that slide up there or not. Share the good news of salvation. We go, I'm just making this really simple. We share the good news of salvation. So we go back to our scripture that we were just reading there in Matthew Chapter 28, verse 19, he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. What is that that is sharing with them, sharing with them the good news of salvation? Now, if we can, I'm sorry, I, I'm jumping, jumping. Nina's back there operating now. Jump back over to Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 3. I'm getting way ahead of myself here this morning. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Look what he says here. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. Continues, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord, of the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. So we, we're supposed to go. He is sending us, and we have to understand that when we go and when he sends us, that it may not be easy. He says, I'm sending you out a, a, as lambs among wolves. You remember what that's like? We know that, you know, you don't want wolves in, in, in with the lambs, right? You're supposed to protect that. 
you, you want to protect the sheep, right? If you're the shepherd, you protect the sheep. But the shepherd was saying, I'm going to have to send you out. And you've got to understand that it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but I've got to send you out. Again, action, go, be sent. And then we're sharing the good news of salvation. He wants you to go and share the good news. And you say, but how do I do this? I don't know how to share the good news. Preacher, you're the one that studies the Bible. You're the one who preaches. You're the one who knows how to share the good news. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, people misunderstand this scripture sometimes. They misunderstand who he was talking to. He wasn't talking to just the 12 disciples. He was on the mountain, and he was up there, and he's saying, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will have power to witness for me. This morning, we talked about that in our, in our class this morning, ways that we can witness, ways that we can be a witness to people. You go, I just I don't know the right words to say. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just have to live in front of them. But the thing is, is that we listen to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to reach this person? How do you want me? See, for, we, we have to have a willing heart. We have to have a willing heart. If we want to witness to people, we have to have a willing heart. We have to say, God, I'm willing to do this. I just need a little bit of direction because I don't know. Because you know what? Do you know that you can't get anybody saved? I'm going to tell you right now. You might as well just understand. You can't save anybody. The Scripture says the only way a person comes to salvation is that if the Holy Spirit draws them. So I'm taking all of the pressure off, okay? I'm taking all the pressure off. You don't have to know calculus to do this, right? You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to have to know the proper English or the proper Spanish or anything else. What you have, you want to know what? Listen to this. We have missionaries, I don't know if they still do this, but I know in the past, missionaries that go to other countries. And they have went in, in groups of people, and they'll have a tape recorder. Kids don't know what a tape recorder is. But anyway, they have an MP3 player. And they've got, on that MP3 player, they'll have something in the language of the person that they're, they're going to. And they knock on a door. Notice they're going. Did you notice I said going again? I'm sorry. I guess it's just a theme here this morning. They are going to a, to a person. They knock on the door. And on that, on that tape, on that MP3 player, they share the gospel without ever them speaking a word. And the little that they know to speak is just enough to lead a person to Christ and then hand a Bible to them. And you go, well, how does a person come to Christ that way? Because the Holy Spirit draws them. The Holy Spirit draws them. You see, we don't know the context that, the, that God's going to move in every situation. But instead of putting God in a box and saying God can only move in one situation and in one way, you know, today when it comes to pastoring and preaching and planting churches and growing churches and, and, and doing all this stuff, there's all kinds of videos out there. There's all kinds of training books out there. And the one thing that I began to realize as we were doing all this is nobody knows everything. And you could take every book, and you could take every video, and you could take every successful story, quote-unquote successful story, you could put them all together, and you could give them to me, 
and there's still something that I'm, that's going to miss what is happening in Maumel. You want to know why? Because they're not at Unlimited Church, and they're not in Maumel, and they're not around these people. They don't know these people. They can give a little bit of information. They can give some wisdom, but they don't know everything. But the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit does. I, I recall that when we first moved into this location, Christy and some others would go over here to the laundromat, and they would talk to the people at the laundromat and give them donuts on Sunday morning or try to. And we finally stopped buying donuts because we came back and they never would take donuts. Matter of fact, one lady said one time, don't come close to me, you, what did it, was it? Jesus freaks. Yep. DC talk. Don't come close to me, you Jesus freaks. We are in Arkansas, so it is a little weird around here. But, of course, Christy comes back, and she's, at first she, she's kind of like, whoa, I couldn't believe it. somebody said that to me. Back when I was in school, I got called that a lot, but I can't believe you know. But then it's like, that's a, that's a badge. You want to know why? Because we, can't, we cannot save these people. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Remember that? It's the same thing with people. You cannot make them get saved. Moms and dads, uncles and aunts, spouses, whatever, you cannot make anybody act like a Christian, live like a Christian, walk like a Christian, talk like a Christian, be a Christian. You can't do it. I can bring my kids to church. I can train them up in the way of the Bible, but they have to make a decision on how they're going to live for Christ themselves, if they are or if they're not. That's their decision, not mine. But I can lead them there. You get to lead them there. You get to be there for them in that situation. But I'm telling you, I'm taking the pressure off of you. You cannot save anybody. It's not up to you to get them saved. It's up to you to just do what the Lord commanded us to do. He commanded us to go. And he says, I will give you the power that you need in every situation that you're in. We were talking about last prayer walk where Abigail, who she, she's not going to go up and talk to people a lot, but she was taking a little bit more of a lead role in the prayer walk. Now, prayer walks, for those of you who have never been on one, they're, they're, they can be intimidating because you go out to the park and you just walk up to people you don't know and say, hey, I'd like to pray with you today if you, if you have any prayer requests. Some of us are really great at it. I'm, I'm not talking about me. Some of us are really great at it. I'm talking about people like, you know, Connie, Chloe, Christy. And some of us have to work at it, like me, okay? But you want to know something? In that situation with Abigail, the Holy Spirit was speaking to her, and she stepped. And she says, you know what? I think this is what we're supposed to do. Was she with your group? She was with your group. So she steps out. She says, so Sister Connie, this is what I think we should do. We need to do this right here. Why? Because she's being led by the Spirit. You say, I don't know how to speak to this person. I don't know how to, even, they may even be close to you. I don't know how to. Be led by the Spirit. Let the Spirit speak to you and tell you what to say and tell you what to ask or not ask. Sometimes that person just needs somebody that says, hey, you know what? I'm praying for you. Or they just need somebody that's going to sit there and listen to them for a minute and just hear their problems. Say, you know what? Can I, can I pray about that problem now? See, sometimes we're so quick to say, well, let's get them to, let's get them to Jesus. Let's drag them into Jesus. Sometimes they don't need to be drug in. 
Sometimes they just need their hand held for a minute. And at that point, that relationship is being built, and now all of a sudden you have an opportunity to talk to them about Christ, or you have an opportunity to share a testimony about your life to them and what God's done in your life. See, the great thing is your testimony is not my testimony. My testimony is not your testimony. And the person next to you, it's different. Your spouse's testimony is different than yours. Every one of us has our own testimony. And you go, well, I wasn't saved from drugs, and I wasn't saved from alcohol, and I, I wasn't saved from this and that and the other. Well, great. That's a great testimony. Every testimony is great because the Bible says that all of us, all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Every one of us. So every one of our testimonies are just as great. You want to know why? Because the Lord says, ha, there's another one. He's mine. She's mine. He's mine. She's mine. She gave, us, she gave her life to me. He gave his life to me. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about how much, quote, unquote, sin and you've done. What he cares about is where you have decided to get to in your heart to say, Lord, I want you in my life. And it's the same thing with the people that you're around. When you share your testimony with somebody, the Lord will use it. Sometimes I believe the Lord does this with people. I've seen it. Some crazy things. And some of you probably see some of the same things. You begin to talk to somebody, and when you get finished talking to them, you go, and they go, oh, they talk to you later. Oh, I can't believe that you said this, and, and I didn't understand that. And, 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 you know, and then, man, and you go, but I didn't say that. Or I didn't mean it that way. That's the Holy Spirit talking for you. That's the Holy Spirit ministering to that person for you. You go, I'm going to trip up. You remember Moses, he said that. Moses was like, oh, God, I can't go talk. I've got a speech impediment. So he says, okay, I'll send Aaron to talk for you, okay? But he didn't have to. All he had to do was trust that the Lord would, would do what he needed to do. Aaron didn't shut up. Aaron didn't harden Pharaoh's heart. The Bible says Pharaoh's heart was hardened, all those stuff. Aaron didn't do it. He says the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Moses didn't do it, Aaron didn't do it, God did it. We're just, we're just a vessel that is being used by God. And whatever needs to be poured out of us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us, it will be what needs to be said at that time. It will be. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do what God says. Now, Luke chapter 10, verse 16 says, Then he said to the disciples, Luke 10, 16, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. So everything I told you is true. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. They're not rejecting you. You don't have to worry about it. They may call you names. They may not want to be your friend anymore, but they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the one that you are representing. We're supposed to be imagers of the Lord. We're supposed to reflect Jesus. That's who we're supposed to be. And when they reject what you think they're rejecting you, when they push back from you, they're pushing back from the Lord. Now, the great thing is, and you probably know some people in this room here today that can give testimonies of people who have pushed back or have pushed them away, have been mean to them, but in the future, they've come back around. And some of them even come back to Christ. We have stories of kids who were, were hateful and mean and didn't trust their parent. But now today they're serving Christ. Why? Because the, the parent realized, I just got to keep on praying. I just got to keep on seeking God's face for my kids. I just got to keep on calling out. And I know that in the end, my God's going to hear my prayer. I say all the time, people like Sachs and his story of his testimony of salvation 
I say, it was a praying mom. So many, so many people come to Christ because moms won't stop praying for them. So many. And dads, we're just as important. So many kids come to Christ because dad doesn't stop praying. And I say, dads, we need to step up and be that kind of dads in our household, that we pray for our children and we say, hey, we're going to pray until we see salvation come into their lives. And we need to have a heart for the people that we're around and pray for them and seek the face of God for them. Do we, do we cry out to God for those people that we're around? Do we say, man, this person needs Jesus. They're dying. They're going to a place they don't need to be, which is called hell, and I don't want that to happen. Or are we saying, well, they're my friend or they're my coworker. I don't want to stir the waters up. don't want to say anything that's going to, you know, get me in trouble. I don't know. I'm, I know I'm a, I can be bad at times. Sometimes I just have to, man, I just have to say it. I've told you so many stories, I don't want to repeat them a thousand times. I've just been many times in my life where I've said things to people, and I, and I know that I might get myself in trouble, but I'm like, I just want them to think about Jesus and think about where their life is. And today, I can give you story after story of people who are saved because I planted a seed, or maybe I was the one watering the seed, but God gave increase. God gave increase. And today they're saved, and today they're in church, and today their families are in church. And that's so exciting. And you can look back on that. You go, but man, I've been ministering to my friend for 10 years. Keep on ministering to them. Maybe they're, they need a little bit more cultivating. Maybe instead of a, you know, a, a, a little uh, hoe to hoe the ground, you know, and, and, and get, the, get all the weeds out, maybe they need a big tiller going around all the time, you know, breaking it up around them so that they can get that, that, that spiritual soil begin to get around them, and they start going, wait a minute, what is going on here? The Holy Spirit will do it through you if you allow him. Do something. Third thing. Third thing, teach new Christians. See, I think a lot of people think, well, you know what? I'm, I, I'm not a pastor, and, and I, haven't, I don't know a lot of the word. Maybe you haven't been a Christian a long time, or maybe you haven't studied as much as somebody else has. But you know what? You can teach a new Christian. You could teach them about Jesus. You can let them know that Jesus loves them. You could tell them things about salvation, the things that you've learned you can teach. You can sit around at coffee with somebody at Chick-fil-A or, or some other place, and you can have coffee with them and just be talking about the Word. You know, I, I've had people so many times that in, 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 my, in, in my situation, uh, we had a, some friends who, well, they've become really good friends over the years, but they were our neighbors at one time. And unbeknownst to me, not even thinking about it, I can remember times where they'd come over the house, before you know it, the Bible was open, and we're just discussing God. I wasn't pushing it. I was just available. And we discussed God. And I'm telling you, God will give you wisdom. God will give you wisdom in those situations. See, the thing is, is today we say, well, we can't do it. But Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 says this. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Teach the new disciples. What, are they, what, what, what is that? The new believers. Those who are following Jesus and who want to follow Jesus, teach them. Listen, I can only teach so many people. I'm only one person. But all of us together, is a, it's, it's called Multiplication. All of us together can teach many. You go, well, well, Pastor, I, I don't know about end times, and you know, and I don't know about you know this and that, and I don't know. That's all right. You don't have to know everything. 
You know Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You know that Jesus expects us to to pray and live a, a holy and righteous life through him, not through ourselves, through him and through his grace. You know these things. You can spend those times, and then if you get stuck, call somebody, phone a friend, right? Who wants to be a millionaire? You want to phone a friend? Phone a friend. Hey, I don't know. You don't know the answer? Hang on. Let me talk to my pastor about that. Let me talk to so-and-so over here that I trust that, that, that really knows that stuff. I'll get back, to, get back with an answer to you. Do you know that people will stop normally and say, thank you? Most people are okay with you telling them that you're going to get an answer because you're not just making something up. You're actually giving them, you're actually saying, I, w- I don't want to tell you a lie. Let me get you the truth. Let me tell you, let, let me make sure I'm right about this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. He says this, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. He doesn't say, well, just, again, just one person. No, he says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Let it fill your lives. Read. Read the scriptures. Pastor, I got stuck in Leviticus and I stopped reading my year-long Bible. That's all right. Jump on over to Matthew. Get out of Leviticus, okay? I understand you get bogged down over there, you know. My girls and I and Christy are reading through the Bible, and we were reading through the Levit- we're, we're reading through Leviticus, and we're reading two two a day because they have church camp and they got missions trips and stuff they're going on this year. So I want to make sure that we're through the Bible at the end of the year, and we're reading through Leviticus. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is killing me. Finally, I says, Okay, we'll read one day in Leviticus, and then we're jumping over into a Psalm, and then we're going to jump into Matthew. We're, I said, We're, we, we're going. We're going to work this out, okay? So we're not reading six chapters in Leviticus every day. And I know that we're going to get through it, but we're not, I'm about to die here. So if you're reading on a daily basis, maybe you need to read one chapter a day and jump over and read some of, some of your other stuff. Uh, but don't get, I can tell you so many people, they get bogged down and they, they, they don't make it to Deuteronomy. Their four-wheel drive just won't get them out of Leviticus. They're like, man, I, you know, I can't even get to numbers, man. I tell you, I'm about to lose it. So don't get bogged down in that. Read, read. God, God wants to speak to you. I'll tell you, these are important. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they're important books of the Bible. I'm glad we have them. It's not something that you got to read on a daily basis, okay? You don't have to know all the laws to get through life, okay? That's, we don't live under that anymore anyway. Great stuff in there. We don't live under that. So find somewhere. Read you a psalm. Read you a proverb. Read you something over in Colossians, Philippians, somewhere else. Get into Revelations if you're not too scared of it. Love Revelation. I know some. I know some people who are scared of it, though. But my 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 thing to, this morning to you is do something. We don't have to be a make a church to make an impact in the spiritual realm. We just have to be a willing church. We just have to be a willing church. Now I want you to be encouraged. Today is Mission Sunday, and in. Like I said, Chloe's going to mission trip this year. We're going to have more going next, you know, in the next few years. We, we're just going to just grow this thing. And I hope to take, take some of us adults on a mission trip eventually. I'd love to do that, okay? I'd love to see that. But I want you to be encouraged. Watch this next video, will you? Click on that next slide.
I've been in the church since I was two years old, and now I'm a youth leader as well as working in my church as well. Recently, last year, I remember I was just praying and um, asking God, like knowing like there's more. Like I wasn't just supposed to just become a youth leader. Um, so I remember I was just fasting and praying, and one of the mornings, like I was just like really in prayer and just like God, like like where are you sending me? And um, He gave me a vision, and. He showed me, it was these little kids, um, little boys and girls, and they were all crying. And I look up and there are two missionaries there. But the kids were black, like they were little African kids. And they were looking at me. But the missionaries, they were two white missionaries. And then automatically the like, Holy, Holy Spirit um, convicted me and said, these are the children that will never experience my overwhelming love if you don't go. And that's that was like the biggest thing. I just like, I remember like, opening my eyes and just like surrendering God at everything. I don't think there's anything else that I can do but talk about the love of Jesus and how we are a part of his love story. When he, when he gave us a great commission, it was for us to go to all nations. And I just don't think he saved me to be comfortable. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see how God blows my mind once I go into the field. Cuando Dios me llamó, fue específicamente en un programa de discipulado que él abrió las puertas para que yo asistiera. Eh, fue durante mi tiempo de oración que yo estaba, sentí en mi espíritu que Jesús me preguntaba, ¿estás dispuesta a servirme? Yo batallé al principio porque no, no sabía, no me imaginaba cómo podía ser posible. Yo sabía que era Jesús preguntándome, ¿estás dispuesta a servirme? Yo en fe Respondí, sí, señor, estoy dispuesta. Y a, y a partir de ahí, él encaminó mis pasos y, para llegar a donde estoy ahora. Y yo creo que estoy hoy sirviendo en obediencia en lo que él me ha llamado. As a kid, I grew up in the inner city. And growing up, I remember going to sleep with shoes on, being told that I would hear gunshots firing. And I recognized that there were a lot of people in our community that needed Jesus, but not only in our community, around the world. And I asked God, will you send me wherever you want me to go? And if you send me, I'll be obedient to do whatever you want me to do. And I guarantee you, that's a prayer that he'll answer. Maybe God's got a call on your life for missions. Pray that prayer, listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and be obedient to what he tells you to do. So you heard those testimonies.